A seat at the table, reserved for those considered to have both the influence and power to make decisions and affect change. The table is the symbol of power, negotiation, and credibility, something comms pros have wanted for a long time. If we gain a seat at the table, we have the opportunity to be heard and to make a difference. Today on Stories and Strategies, we speak with a CEO who came up the ranks through communications and has the opportunity to designate those seats. Her perspective, you want it, make sure you earn it. My name is Doug Downs, music off the top by Wagner, Ride of the Valkyries. My guest today is Wendy Bouchane, CEO of the Alberta Cancer Foundation. Hello, Wendy. Hello, Doug. And Wendy, you are joining us today from Calgary, Alberta, home of the world-famous Calgary Stampede. Every day in Calgary is just like an episode of Yellowstone. That's exactly how to picture it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, especially the Rip and Beth scenes. Oh, Beth is my favorite, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, you have a degree in communications from the University of Calgary and studied global marketing at the University of Economics in Prague. You've spent the majority of your career working in the healthcare sector, uh, sector with the Calgary Health Region and then Alberta Health Services, STARS Air Ambulance, and now the Alberta Cancer Foundation. Wendy, fair to say you are one of the rarities your path to the C-suite was through communications. Tell us a bit about your journey. Sure. Thanks, Doug. And, you know, I guess the first thing I'd say is the Alberta Cancer Foundation is really small, tiny organization, uh, small but mighty, we like to say. So I'm, I'm super proud to be here, though. You know, my journey in communications started like so many others working at a newspaper. Sound familiar? It does. In my case, though, it was a rural weekly, and I was actually doing the layout. Uh, I had a graphic design diploma, and it was my first grown-up real-life job, so to speak, that was somewhat aligned to my education. And I found myself more and more interested in the editorial side of things. And I actually looked into getting a journalism degree. And it was around that time that I discovered communications. There was an ad for a director of public relations for the Regina Public School Board, and I applied. And somehow, quite unbelievably, I got an interview. And I knew as soon as the interview started, and they certainly knew that I was in no way, shape, or form qualified. But it definitely planted a seed, and I ended up coming to Calgary to get my degree in communications. You know, my first job was actually communications marketing job was with Chapters or Indigo. I was the regional marketing manager for Western Canada. It was super fun, really great job. Um, and actually gave me my first taste of merger and acquisition because Indigo acquired Chapters halfway through my time there. So that was really interesting experience. Then I did move into healthcare communications, as you said, first the Chinook Health Region and the Calgary Health Region. Eventually, another merger into Alberta Health Services. At the time, I was the executive director, and so I was one of the leadership team really tasked with merging 13 previously independent communication departments into one. You know, that's a whole other podcast. I could say so much about that experience. 
I learned a ton and lessons I learned then really, really are with me, with me today, especially the HR side, especially the HR side. But after 10 years in the health system, if you will, I had the opportunity to go to STARS, Air Ambulance. Um, STARS just got the contract to build the helicopter service in Saskatchewan. And that is where I grew up. And so how often in this business do you get to build a brand in your home province? Mm -hmm. Doesn't happen very often, especially a fun one like that. And it was such an awesome experience. I still can't believe what they let us do. It was a blank slate. Build the brand, make sure everybody knows about us, off you go. It was it was really, really fun. You know, I'd spent quite a bit of time out there and I was on my way back to Calgary after the base officially opened. And just to talk about serendipity, the first mission that the organization flew in that province was to my hometown, or at least that's where we were first dispatched to. But um, after expansion at STARS, you know, I, I dipped my toe, if you will, into the oil and gas world. And that was the first time I really had exposure, I guess, outside of core communications. And I ended up doing a lot with contract management department. And I had the opportunity to come back to STARS in a vice president role responsible for IT, HR, communications, of course, government relations and uh, board governance. And that really was my first sort of leg out, I guess now of still partially in the comms camp, but but a little bit outside. And from there, I moved on to the executive vice president of the STARS Foundation, which brings me really to where I am here today as the CEO of the Alberta Cancer Foundation. You've seen a huge part of, of an umbrella of different roles. Um, if there's one key message that we as comms pros repeat over and over again, is that we need a seat at the table. We've said that well, since day one when I got into this industry, you've been the comms pro, now you're the CEO. When the music stops, how do we find a chair at the table and <laughs> how do we keep it? Hmm. You know, it's such a great question, isn't it? And it's something you do hear, you do hear it all the time. You know, the first thing I'd say is communicators are smart. They're really smart. And they see the complexities behind so many situations. And therefore, I think they're really a natural fit at the executive table, in my opinion, especially in those organizations which have a large public interface. I think communications is key at the table. But a few things for me come to mind here about getting the seat first and then keeping it. So, so let's start with getting the seat. You know, my observations, you know, at first, this is probably more applicable to those earlier on in their career, but I would say seize every and any opportunity to be part of business planning, strategic planning discussions, seize every opportunity, even if at first it feels like you're being the rewrite department, still do it be there, listen to the discussion, hear it. And it's a really great way to learn that not everything starts and ends with communications. There's there's more to it than that. So that, that would be the first thing that I would say. And now I'm not saying communications isn't important. It's not the only thing. There's also, Doug, I think you would agree, no shortcut to getting a seat at the table. There's no shortcut, especially if one doesn't exist for the function already at the organization, it involves building trust, demonstrating all the time 
accountability and willingness to jump in and do the work even even especially before it's asked you know the organization will catch up it will it usually does so if you're leading the comms team that doesn't have that seat at the table what i'd say to you is be that department that everyone goes to to get stuff done be that department that everyone wants at their meeting for thought partnering for strategy be that department and and most importantly be that department for execution because we all know strategy is won and lost on execution so just be that department so now you've got the seat how do you keep it and you know so often in, in my opinion communicators want to start with communications ends with communications and communications in the middle too it's all communications all the time and you know it's important for sure but it's not the only thing. And I think as an industry, we can forget that there's more to strategy or a business challenge than, than simply communications. So if I can give you an example, we do something here at the Alberta Cancer Foundation that many nonprofits do, and it's a direct marketing tactic, direct mail. And now no communication shop on the planet would recommend this. And when you execute them, there are often tension between comms and, and the fund development team that's putting them together because the communicators are always worried about brand erosion. They're very aggressive, the style. It's not something that's a natural for, for communications. And actually, I was talking to a longtime communications colleague of mine and yours, Catherine Ward, on the phone last night about it when she received my direct mail ask. And we had a good chat about them and why they work, because they do work. And that's my point. So if, if because of my background in communications, I decided we weren't doing those because I didn't like the brand appeal of them, that would mean $5 million less for cancer patients in this province. Wow. So of course you keep doing them. And so from a, that's an example of where communications really takes, really takes the back seat, if you will. So also once you have that seat at the table, it's really easy to forget you're now part of the executive team. It's easy to forget that. And the role isn't just communications anymore. And at that level, you don't have to stay in the communications lane. Now, it's a leap to make, absolutely, and it's one I really, really struggled with at first. But I learned I needed to be engaged in everything, not just when it was time for me to talk about communications. You needed to be engaged in everything, including finance, even if you're like me and you picked your degree that required no math. You got to be engaged in it all, right? And so that's part of keeping the seat. And I'll also say throughout my career i've i've watched some departments support departments not just comms hr it support to the business departments some of them flourish while others flounder i've always found it really interesting and we all know what happens when a department flounders we do it loses resources it loses buy-in probably loses the seat at the table if you will until eventually there's a leadership change and a massive overhaul and it starts all over again. So, you know, from my observations, this really happens when a department can develop its own set of priorities that aren't aligned with the organizational strategy. And it can really focus on those, more energy and attention on those than it is in alignment with the organization overall. And, you know, I recently experienced this with, with COVID. So at STARS, my job was revenue generation. But when there's less revenue to generate, 
the strategy changed and the strategy had to be efficiency, cost containment. And that was really hard for me. That's not what got me out of bed in the morning. That's not what drove me. It was really, really difficult. You know, I also saw it in, in the early days of AHS when we took brought those 13 communications departments together. You know, you know, be the leaders of those departments. Like I remember in Calgary, we'd been working on making Calgary trans fat free. That's what we've been working on as a big project. Now, all of a sudden, it's pots and pans of communications. You're, you're redeveloping an intranet. You're, you're building a new external website. You're trying to figure out a newsletter for everyone, if you will. So for many of the leaders of the communications departments, felt like it was a step back, right? But the ones who succeeded were the ones who got on board with the strategy. When I... Part of what I was thinking about as I was listening to you speak is how guilty I am of so many of the things that you were outlining. We constantly say that we're strategists. We seem to play that card a lot. And yet your story about the direct mail piece, I would classically have been the one at the table saying, no, no, it has to be something digital. And, and yet now that I'm a little older, um, the science shows that that something you receive in print actually has stronger memory formation than anything you see on a screen, probably because it's more rare. Do we overplay that pay attention to me? I'm the strategist card. Hmm. You know, it's an interesting question, Doug. And I guess I'd say two things here. First would be, um, know your audience when you're dealing with executives, right? So know your audience and to be prepared to make the call. So if you're going to be the strategist, be prepared to make the call. Um, so know your audience. I've seen so many presentations, and believe me, I have made them. I've made these presentations where the desire is to show your homework. You know, the 12-page communications plan, background, everywhere. You've written them. You've seen them. You've given them, right? Um, and so perhaps that's because it's what we want. It's what we want. But I find it interesting because if you were to write a speech for your CEO that she was going to give or he was going to give, um, the first thing you do is say, well, who's it for? Who's the audience? But yet, when we go to the table of executives as a communication strategist, often I think we forget who we're presenting to. And so we give the dissertation and the long. And so, um, you know, it just be sure of who you're talking to, who you're presenting to, what do they want and get to the point quickly, right? I'd also say um, when dealing with a significant issue as a strategist, you have to come to the table with a recommendation, not simply a dissertation of the many approaches to dealing with it, come with a recommendation. You know, we all know there's so many ways an issue can roll. There might be lots of right ways and there's some wrong ways, but if you want a seat at the table, you have to be bold and you have to make a recommendation, make the call, even in especially in complex public space facing issues. Now, doesn't mean the CEO is going to agree with you, but isn't that a good thing? Isn't that what we all want, actually, is the opportunity to have that discussion at the table to be part of it? Um, but nonetheless, if you want the seat, it means coming forward with recommendation and not just the options and not just the risks. Make the call. Okay, I want to come back to that because it comes down to making the recommendation with with an air of certainty that is most uncertain at times. I want to ask this though first, what is the best way for the communications leader who has earned that seat at the table 
They need to provide contextual intelligence when they are there. As you say, communications is not everything happening at the table, and we need to learn that. So it has to be contextual to the rest of the conversation. How do we know how to do that when it's needed? Hmm. You know, um, really good question. I, I think it's so easy to fall into the trap of debating strategic opportunities and choices without actually reflecting on the environment they're going to play out in, right? Um, I think it's important. So if you're going to be presenting to a leadership team, an executive team, ground everyone. So you're actually talking about the same strategic assumptions that everyone's coming at it from in the same place. So in something which is often intangible, um, often more abstract, such as the art and science of communications, drawing upon past similar experiences and scenarios and outcomes, I think is really helpful, especially for those at the table who might want things more black and white in a world where it's just simply not. I'm a big baseball fan. So one of my favorite movies when it comes to leadership is Moneyball. I'm going to play you a scene. Uh, this is GM of the Oakland A's, Billy Bean, played by Brad Pitt. He's at the leadership table with his regular traditional advisors. But Bean wants some new ideas. In fact, he, he wants a whole new methodology to how he's going to build his team. So he's brought Peter to the table, played by Jonah Hill. Who do you want to talk about first? None of them. Billy, we got 38 home runs and 120 RBIs. Guys, you're still trying to replace Giambi. I told you we can't do it, and we can't do it. Now, what we might be able to do is recreate him. Recreate him in the aggregate. The what? Giambi's on-base percentage was 477. Damon's on-base, 324. And Almeida's was 291. Add that up, and you get... Want me to speak? What up, one of you again? 1092. Divided by three. It's 364. That's what we're looking for. We're three ball players, three ball players whose average OBP is 364. Wait a minute, that doesn't look right, doesn't come out right. That's right, Artie. Billy? You, you gotta carry the one, right? Billy. That's just him. Yeah. Who's that? That's Pete. Does Pete really need to be here? Yes, he does. One of the toughest aspects of leadership in communications, coming back to the item we just talked about, is the inherent lack of certainty when it comes to communications. Because ultimately, we're working in the realm of public opinion, <laughs> which is most uncertain. How do you convey that certainty that I know, because I've seen it at that C-suite table, um, the big boy, big girl table, when actually you're not certain if you're being honest. Yeah. You know, I, I think we've gotten to the whole meat of this top of this podcast, honestly. You know, I guess I, I'm going to repeat myself a bit, but there's really no shortcut to this. There's no shortcut to it. You know, as we discussed earlier, having a seat at the big girl table means taking risks and making recommendations even if you're not completely sure how it will roll. Now, it doesn't mean you present your recommendation as certainty. I think it's really important to convey the complexity around an issue, that you've explored a number of scenarios, a number of options, but too often, I think we're compelled to leave it at that, like, oh, here's all the options for you, and then let others make the decision. But th that's not having a seat at the table. You know, you're gonna make some wrong calls, you are. 
it's inevitable. But I don't think any executives are expecting certainty, to be honest, especially in the realm of, of public opinion. Um, they are, but they are expecting a recommendation. They are. And they're expecting you to have done your homework and looked at all scenarios and be bold enough to come forward with a recommendation, take the accountability, learn from it if it goes sideways, and move forward. That's the gig. It really is. Um, but I'd also assume, and I think this is important, that if you have a seat at the table, it means you have earned the trust and respect of your CEO and of your executive colleagues. And in organizations with strong cultures, hopefully you'd feel psychologically safe to do so. I mean, we've all been out on that limb. We all have and, and worried about something that we've recommended. It's, it's lonely. It's vulnerable. But hopefully you're in an environment that allows you to do this. Um, I, you know, leadership's lonely. It's really hard. Um, but if you aspire to have the seat at the table, that's the gig. That's awesome. Wendy, I'm so glad um, that we were able to connect here. Um, I've been listening to you and, and finding a few spots where over the course of my career, a few times I should have gone left and I know I went right. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Wendy Bashane, you can email her through the Alberta Cancer Foundation. We've got the email in the show notes to the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, as always, hoping you choose to subscribe to Stories and Strategies and receive those updated episodes automatically. We'd love it if you followed us on Twitter. It's at comms underscore podcast, and we will follow back. We're also hoping you choose to follow and rate this podcast on any directory you're listening on. And would you do us a favor, recommend this podcast to one friend. We're right in the middle of a series of four episodes about communications and leadership. So more next week. And if you're listening a little bit further ahead in time, there's more from last week coming up next. If you have an idea for an episode or you just want to tell us something, send us a note at info at jgrcommunications.com. Thanks for listening.